Hey everybody, and welcome to Well Said, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill's podcast, where we talk with students, faculty, and staff about what's going on on campus and around the world. And today we're talking about recent HIV research coming out of Carolina with Jenna Bone Honeycutt, a postdoctoral research fellow at the UNC School of Medicine. Carolina is the home for some of the world's best HIV research, with numerous projects investigating the virus going on right now. And among all those projects is Dr. Honeycutt's work looking at macrophages. And we'll dive into that research a little bit more later, but I want to start by asking, what made you want to research HIV in the first place? What interests you in this field? Why I got into HIV research actually happened just prior to graduate school. So I just finished up my undergrad degree at actually East Carolina University, was trying to figure out what I wanted my next step to be. So in that interim year or my gap year, I ended up being a clinical trials assistant in the infectious diseases department at Duke. So for those of you who aren't familiar, essentially HIV infected patients are pretty much always seen at the infectious diseases clinic. So because it is an infectious disease. So while I was there, I got to recruit HIV infected patients for different clinical trials. And essentially it gave me that first glimpse on these are just regular people. And it's, I mean, it's all sorts of people and all sorts of ages and races. And it just kind of, I guess, gave me that personal involvement for, oh, this is the thing that actually really affects people today. So after my gap year working in the infectious diseases unit at Duke, I then applied to UNC and came here and I rotated in a couple of HIV laboratories. Your most recent research focuses on these things called macrophages, but what are those? So macrophages, literally it translates to big eaters. They're a cell that is part of your immune system that is meant to basically just eat anything that doesn't look like you. So they're part of what's called your innate immune system. So it just means if you don't look like me, I'm going to try to eat you. So they're found throughout your bodies, which the fact that they can also be a target for HIV infection means that they could potentially disseminate the virus and kind of keep infection going in all of your tissues because you essentially every tissue has its own associated macrophages. So in terms of HIV infection, they're important because they have the cell surface receptors. So there are little things on their surface that HIV uses to get into those types of cells, and it's part of HIV's life cycle. So if HIV gets into these cells and then replicates, then you have more HIV and it helps to sustain infection and disseminate that infection tissue-wide. It sounds like understanding macrophages could be important to the treatment of HIV. So let's backtrack a little bit and talk about current HIV treatments. What kind of treatments are there and how do they work? So treatment for HIV is called antiretroviral therapy or ART. So current therapies essentially target just different parts of the HIV life cycle. So you can target integration. So you can actually try to prevent the virus from getting into the host cells and integrating into their DNA, which is part of just their replication cycle. So um, all the therapies essentially just target the HIV life cycle. There are some that actually target some of those, what I kind of referred to earlier, the cell surface receptors. So those things that are found on top of the cell that essentially are what HIV binds to and gets in. Researchers have obviously made great strides in creating these treatments but do they have any shortcomings? There are side effects with any of these treatments. And the biggest thing with HIV is the fact that we don't have a cure. So if you have HIV, we have 
a plethora of different treatments we can offer you and different combinations. Because keep in mind with HIV treatments, you typically will have at least three drugs targeting three different parts of the life cycle. So this is what we call combination antiretroviral therapy. So you have you know, a number of different drugs, you have a number of different side effects, and you have to take those drugs every day for the rest of your life. So it's one where pretty much any drug you take, I mean, side effects kind of compound over time. So you can have these kind of long-term effects depending on which regimen you're on. So the biggest, I guess, downfall of our treatments is that we can't cure it. No matter what, the virus will come back if you stop treatment. As I mentioned before, your most recent project focused on these macrophages. So what about them made them interesting to you? Why did you want to investigate them farther? This particular project was all about macrophages, which are essentially not the primary target for HIV infection. So what it started this project was I actually initially started looking at only T-cells in HIV. So T-cells are the primary target for HIV infection. So in our laboratory, we have lots of different types of humanized mouse models. And essentially what I started in was looking at a humanized T-cell only mouse model. So I could look at HIV infection and transmission and um, treatment studies without any contribution from any other cell type to infection. So in, in that case, no macrophages. So then I wanted to essentially ask the flip side. So now that we know what infection looks like in the presence of only T-cells, now we want to look at the um, infection in the presence of only macrophages because T-cells will tend to overshadow anything you can really study in macrophages because T-cells are readily infected with HIV. What did you ultimately find through this research? So what we ultimately found was that HIV can persist in tissue macrophages. We had our animals, which only had human macrophages, who were replicating the virus over time, and we could treat them. And while we were able to suppress virus in these animals very rapidly and in all the tissues, ultimately, when we took treatment away, we could see viral rebound. So meaning that virus was actively replicating in the plasma after therapy was removed. So this let us know that we still weren't able to essentially cure these animals. But it did give us hope in that the treatments we were looking at were effective in suppressing virus in those animals. So it seems like whenever there's medical advancements, there's two implications for it. There's the implications for more research, and then there's what it means for people who suffer from the illness or from the disease. So let's break this down. And what do these findings mean for more research? It's beneficial in that it actually gives us a model in which we can finally test some of these therapies that we've been looking at for T-cells in terms of eradication of the virus. So there are lots of things called um, latency reversing agents. So it's a big area of research in the HIV field where they're looking at different ways of essentially purging the virus from these infected cells that really persist over years and years and years. So now we finally have a model where we can test the other cell type that might be involved in that process. So then what about for people who have HIV? What does this research mean for them? One, it means that we're being able to better describe what the reservoir is for the virus over time. So we always knew that this was going to be one of those things where you're going to have to cure every part of the virus for the most part. If you have virus that can come back later, essentially it will in every case we've seen. So I think one, this just lets us know that we're being able to really describe this reservoir. And two, the other thing I would tell them is get involved with clinical trials. So 
that's the next step. So while we have these great, what we think are great humanized um, mouse models to be able to study it, we really want to ultimately see what this looks like in patients. So if your doctor talks to you about clinical trials, if you're willing, really participate in those because that lets us know how well our animal models are actually recapitulating what we're seeing in patients. So what's the next step here? What is the next thing that HIV researchers need to think about with these results in mind? So what we're showing in this research, it just for a handful of viruses. So HIV is extremely diverse and varies a lot from patient to patient. So what we're trying to do now is expand that to look at different strains of HIV. And we'd also like to try different regimens. So maybe the particular therapy we picked in this paper is either extremely effective for macrophages, maybe other treatments are even better, maybe other treatments are worse. So by using this model, we'll be able to see kind of how all of our different treatments that are available really stack up in terms of HIV and macrophages. This all leads us to the big question, and this is what people always want to know when they hear about new research coming out about HIV and AIDS. Does this research get us any closer to a cure for HIV and AIDS, or is this just a reminder that we still have a long way to go? So I think, and this is something um, my boss has been really great about uh, pointing out, the reservoir for HIV is what it has always been. We're just finding better ways of describing it. So it hasn't changed anything in terms of if we were already going to be up against HIV-infected macrophages as a reservoir for the virus despite effective treatment, then that was always going to be the case. So if anything, it just gives us a better ways of being able to tell what essentially all the enemy are. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. And don't forget to check back to unc.edu in two weeks for another episode of Well Said or subscribe on iTunes or Android apps.